Dal's War Room. We're here with another episode of War Stories, and we're late night with our crew on Zoom, and we're just chilling, just talking and uh, shooting the shit. So we got about uh, 150 people or so on our webinar, so we're just uh, taking some questions and answers and seeing what uh, what people are, are up to. So uh, Aaron, you had a question. What's going on, girl? Okay. Um Hypothetically, if you had to redo your business journey or rainbow journey all over again, what would you do differently, if not anything? Whoa, that's deep. Oh, man. Wow. Started off hot. It started off deep. No. Okay. Waste up the pants. Um, okay, so what, what level are we talking? Dealer? Are we talking manager, distributor? Um, um, anything, I guess. The road to success in general. Okay, well, let me give you all three. So if we, um, going back to a dealer, I think um, what I would probably do differently, um, and I'll actually let both of you guys answer this too. I got Brad here, Brad Ariel and uh, Eric Burdett. So Eric's early in his career, but I think as a dealer, first off, um, I think what I would probably do differently, I mean, my, my start off as a dealer was, you know, I mean, I went head down, ass up pretty hard out the gate. I think I would definitely have listened to Jaylene a lot more earlier on. Um, I came in definitely with a lot of ego. I came in definitely thinking for whatever reason I was going to change things, make things better, do things my way. I would have for sure. It wasn't like nothing straightened out for me and nothing really um yeah nothing really straightened out for me and 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 got on track until i really um started following her direction and her guidance and actually listening i made a lot of money and you know i did things you know i mean i and i I mean i I plowed through it but there was no structure and no um, stability until i followed through so as a dealer i would definitely have followed directions a lot um, a lot earlier on for sure, hundred percent. So Brad as a dealer early on. As a dealer, mm-hmm. I would have listened to Dallas a little sooner <laughs> and worked a little harder. Mm-hmm. Um, basically do more demos is what I really should have done consistently, mm-hmm. you know, more like maybe how Mikey V did it, like steady consistent every month after month just hammering it out that's where that's where i'd like to go back to and i I could have created better pattern for now and it would be less of a struggle at certain points of my career had i right out the gate consistently did the demos right right for sure and eric is uh as a dealer early on what, what do you think you would have done differently Honestly, probably just take it seriously. Yeah. For sure. I mean, didn't really at the very beginning, kind of just got my rainbow for free pretty quickly and then was kind of just in and out a lot doing, you know, 24 demos and then I was taking the next month off and then, you know, doing a few demos here and there and then taking the next month off and just not really taking it as like, even though it's not a job, is treating it like it was a job mm-hmm. and, you know, really getting yourself ahead that much faster. So sure. just definitely, I mean, obviously now taking more of it seriously seeing the differences between the two it's a lot easier as we know to do 24 demos than it is to do eight so and it's weird how it works that way but it's just you know taking that everything seriously and just really focusing on finding out your reason why faster i guess too and actually finding that purpose so i think that even comes back to being more consistent 100 percent, and that's the thing is like it is more consistent for everybody well there's a mentality in that because i mean taking it serious you know is obviously a thing too you know what i mean it's it's you know it's it's really 
You know, I, I think egos weigh into it a lot too. I mean, you came in, I think, expecting to conquer the world. Oh yeah. You know, and it as every ruby does exactly, and it didn't you know go that way right away. So then you were kind of in and out, in and out, and mm-hmm. you know you were dipping your toe in and you know back and forth kind of thing, right? Which was a which was a big thing. And uh, also like coming from a sales perspective too, like with car sales, like you don't really need a purpose to sell because you have your managers yelling at you or not even yelling at you, but just telling you like, you know, we have to sell cars, you know, this is what you need to do, that kind of stuff, right? When you're working for yourself, you know, sales is, you know, it's it's awesome and it's fun, but you really do have to find that real reason of why you go to work instead of money because it's not money as we learn, right? So. Yeah, for sure. Um, As a manager, I think for me, when I... Uh, moved into that position, what I would do differently. Um, you know, it's a tough one because I mean, as I, you know, went to the dealer thing, I mean, moving into a manager quickly, um, you know, I don't, it's hard to pinpoint what I would do differently. I mean, we, our business changed so much, you know, throughout the years. So we ended up probably doing a lot of the things differently. One of the things that I, that just kind of popped in my head, and I don't even know it's, a, it's about doing it differently, but I, I prided myself on being a good manager. I mean, I, I really like wanted to treat the business like it was my own. And one of the things I thought was very interesting in myself was, you know, they, I heard lots of people say this before and I heard a lot of distributors say this before that, um, and people in other businesses that when you, when you leave the business, it felt like um, it, everything changes, right? It just felt like, you know, you get it now and it's like, it makes sense now. And I heard other people in other, you know, rainbow offices say like, oh yeah, like when I became a distributor, I, you know, I apologized to my distributor and, you know, and I just felt like, you know, like I, I understood. And I didn't want that to be me. And I kind of, you know, I kind of tried to manage like I wouldn't have that. And even after I did, I still had that. So I think I figured out like there was ways I could have managed better I think, um, you know, deep down wholeheartedly, I don't think I really, truly, um, I don't want to, I, I don't want to say I don't have my heart in it because of course I did, but I, I really truly didn't, um, I think manage it to the full potential I did. Like still, like I, I it still felt more like mine when it actually was mine than before. So I wish I would have maybe, um, you know, really embodied a little bit better in certain ways. Um, so as much as I think I did put as much as anybody, and not that Jaylene had ever expected any more out of me, I just think um, when I, I still had those feelings of like, man, I wish I could have done this better. I wish I would have done that better. You know, and I did, there were still had those times where I apologized to her saying like, you know, I, I wish I, I would have done it better, right? But that's where the saying hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. exactly where it comes from. For sure. And, you know, and it's learning, right? Because, I mean, and that's the same thing. And, like, you know, we teach you guys all the time, too. It's just, like, you know, I mean, and we said it to you guys. And, I mean, you guys are, are hitting this, you know, especially over the last year, you know, where, I mean, you know, Alicia, she calls me all the time. She's like, was I that big of a pain in the ass? It's, you know, and, it, you know, because, again, it's like you you go through that. And, and you know, and, again, like we said, you know, every distributor kind of calls a distributor and says, holy shit, I'm sorry, or you know, every manager even, because it's just like you end up kind of almost getting that taste of your own medicine. But, but that's why you go through it, right? You're tough, so you know how to handle that tough person, right? If, if you guys, you know, if I wasn't a pain in the ass and I wouldn't know how to handle people who are a pain in the ass, right? If you guys weren't tough, if Alicia wasn't tough, then she wouldn't be able to handle the tough people. 
right? So, you know, it's just, it's the same kind of thing, right? It's like, if you weren't a tough kid, you wouldn't know how to handle your tough kids. So, you know, so I think I just, you know, as a manager, I think it was definitely, um, you know, I, I could have even put a little bit more in, I believe for sure. So mm-hmm. how about you as a manager, when you get think about like GSD, ASD, think back to those and I guess in Jaylene's office, what were some of the things as a manager you felt you could do better? It's still the same. Yeah. It honestly is still the same of do more demos, be more involved with the reps, with the, the people on our team. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, even now I find Alicia takes a lot of that on the personal side of it. Like I get along it great with everybody, but part of the, the dealing with the, the drama, the, some of the stuff that comes along with it. I just don't deal well with it. Yeah. So I just like, okay, you have to deal with this because I'm going to either snap yeah. or I'm like, I just don't know what to do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. The emotion side. Yeah. yeah. I just don't know how to react properly. That's going to be effective. Whereas, you know, when I was a mill manager or a shift team leader in the mill, I had to, I was forced to do that. I didn't have anybody to yeah. fall back on. Like there was times where situations come up and I'd have to call my manager and say, Hey, what, what should I do here? But yep. it was very rare. Whereas, yep. you know, it was a machine. We kept the machine running. Yep. And, you know, if there was a, it was usually a people issue that was the problem. I could deal with the machines, no problem. Let's do what we got to do and get her done. Yeah. But the, the little bit of the people issues and the relationship issues yep. were a little bit tougher yep. to deal with at times. For sure. And Eric, I mean, you're just, you know, I mean, you've been a manager for a while off and on, but I mean, now you're just really coming into that realm of, shining as that manager um so i guess it's a little hard to say what you do differently right now because you're just kind of embodying that but i mean the one thing i might add to that is being appreciative of what you have right you don't really know how good you have it till it's gone and when you're used to making bonuses and you know extra commission and stuff like that and you don't really appreciate it because it's like with me coming into rainbow obviously i think you know obviously getting promoted very very quickly I think my first like one month in Rainbow after I was a training manager. So I didn't yeah. really know what it was like to sell Rainbow as a dealer. Yeah. So I didn't really appreciate it. Yeah. And then going back to a dealer and then going to being a manager. Now it's like you really appreciate that extra money. Right. Yeah, and the point. responsibility. But again, it's also, you know, is I think even just being a manager right now is really understanding, I guess, you know, what it is like to be a dealer yeah. before you become that manager. Yeah. So. For sure. It's just appreciation for sure. And, you know, treating it again, like, yeah. you know, it's your office, like you're yeah. saying and stuff like that. So, well, and you're killing it now, man. So good job for sure. And keep that going. Um, on the distributor, I think Aaron, honestly, you know, in my first beginning and it was, it was almost kind of the same thing is, you know, it's funny cause for me, it was always change, you know? And, and I remember, you know, for whatever reason, and I don't know, it was, it was kind of stupid. And it was just like, I remember, you, you know, it, it's hard to even, understand where my head was at when I opened up it was like and it wasn't even when I opened up it was just almost like a little bit afterwards it just you know it got to a point where I just I just think in my head I was gonna open up and just kill it well it wasn't yeah but it was different I was just like I I thought I was gonna open up and have like five or six Dalsassins you know and just guys that would go out and slay it and I would sell, you know, I'd have five guys that would go sell 25 machines a month and I'd have no drama and no bullshit and I would have no kids in, in the office and no boogers in the fish tanks <laughs> and I would just have like, you know what I mean? And I would just, yeah. I, and I, I think that it was just going to be in my head. I just saw like, 
I just had these sales guys that would go out and crush these numbers. And, you know, I kind of got that. Like, I didn't have the five guys selling 25, you know, but I had the five people, you know, who were going out. I mean, it was four guys and Sam, you know. And, you know, I had Kyle and I had Blair and, you know, I had Sorrow and, you know, and just, you know, and, and then Sam and then, you know, Mike kind of came in a bit and, you know, and, you know, I was just, I, I don't know, I was just, I was trying to do it differently, I think, in some way to maybe avoid people and avoid like the hurt and the problems. I mean, we went through some crap and, you know, I don't know, I was just trying to do it differently. And I think it was just one of those things. It was the same thing that, you know, and again, it's, it's a lesson that I had to go through because now, I mean, we look at people and you take something that works and it's like, why are you trying to change something that's working? Mm -hmm. So I think that was my lesson to go through so I can, you know, really look at people and say, man, like I did that. Don't do that. You know? And I know Mikey tried to kind of have that mentality for a while too. And I was able to kind of pump the brakes on him with that and say like, dude, it's not going to work. Right. But I remember it was Dave Spadey and one day, I mean, he's just like, dude, who the hell do you think you are? Like, he's like, you came out of one of the most successful satellite offices in Rex Air history. You know, he's like, how do you work side by side with Jaylene Kaczynski for all these years and then open up and want to do it differently? And I remember it just sounded so stupid when he said it to me like that. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, and I was just like, it was just like a, like a revelation. And I remember I went out and told Kyle, I'm like, if you recruit one more guy, you're fired. <laughs> And I literally said, I don't care what happens. I'm like, I don't care if the guy's like, I want to do this. I'll come in. I'm like, you don't even talk to him. I'm like, you just completely recruit his wife. Like I said, like, you do not, like, I don't, I want no men. I just said, do not bring a guy here. I don't care who he is. Right. I'm like, I'm like only females. Right. And, you know, I said, let's go get some moms, you know, in all seriousness. And I'm like, yeah, let's, let's get some kids in here. Let's put some boogers in the fish tanks. Like, let's do it. And let's bring some drama in here and some, some shit and some problems. And, and not saying that, you know, that's women. I mean, guys create as many problems. Like, I mean, let's just bring it all together. Like, let's get some spouses and some drama and some fighting. And, and we got it. You know, we had some, some drama and we had some spouses and we had some breakups and we had some, you know, this person slept with this person and this tree, she, I mean, we had, we had some big problems and we had a lot of sales and we hit satellite and when things blew up and it was just a, and, and it, but we exploded, Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, you know, and it just, for whatever reason in my head, it was just like, you know, I don't know what I was trying to hide from, you yeah. know, but once I just, looked and said, yeah, what am I doing? And it made sense. So I think for me is, is the distributor side would be like, not fix what's not broken. Like, like coming out of such a successful place and then just thinking for whatever reason, after four or five years of the business, it's almost embarrassing to think that I was going to do it differently for whatever reason, you know, and it wasn't malicious. And it's not that I was thinking it was wrong. I just, I don't know there was something I was you know, running from or whatever. Right. And, you know, or again, it was just, you know, God's way of pushing me down that path. Cause that's a lesson I had to learn to mm -hmm. know how to not do it. Right. So I think that was the big thing, but so as a distributor, a hundred percent, it's like, don't change, you know, what got you to where you are. Don't, you know, don't reinvent the wheel. Don't rewrite the book. Just, this is what works. You know, when you see people doing it, you know, and I mean, our example for right now would be, I mean, you see what cameras is doing, you see what Calgary is doing, you know, now you see what Lloyd's picking up on, just do what's working and, and just yeah. follow that path, right? It works. So it's, how about, it's funny you bring up that part of, of things with the, the drama, Yeah. you know, when we opened up, 
you know, there was a lot of stuff that we got away from because it was so involved with drama. We were like, we're not doing that. We're yeah. not doing that. And then, uh, you know, we never grew. We, we would recruit somebody and because we were on a different, little bit different of a program, yeah. it didn't, it just never took off. We were never able to grow. Yeah. We'd have the odd person here. We had some big open houses, but it didn't bring anybody into the business. And then, you know, finally Alicia and I just sat down one day and we're like, we need some, we need some drama in here because we're not growing. <laughs> and this was literally a conversation. We need some drama yeah. in our office because we're not growing and we know when there's drama, you grow. Yeah. And, you know, things took off when, you know, st some drama started happening in our office. Well, and not like it was a, a, a negative thing no. at all. It was just but stuff. The, the thing to remember is, I mean, where does money come from? People. People. And where does drama come from? People. People. You, you can't have one without the other. Yeah. You know, we yeah. talked the other day in my office there, and it's like, you know, the busier you get, the more drama you get. But guess mm -hmm. what? You get paid very well for it in our yep. business. You know, Rainbow pays you very well for the, you know, for the drama you get, right? So it's uh, it's definitely uh, it's definitely worth it. So, so yeah, that's, um, you know, definitely some of the things that, uh, you know, I think at all three levels there, Aaron, that we would, you know, do better. So hopefully that answers your questions in detail. Um, what else we got, Mel? You got something there? Yeah. Um, love for you to talk about like the highs and lows in rainbows and why it's important to go through the lows and what your mindset should be when you're in the low. Sure. I love this because, um, you know, and, and we talk about this a lot and, and, you know, on war room and, and, you know, and what war room is, is, you know, like I talked about a few episodes ago is, you know, war room is your mind, right? It's your mindset and that's what it is. And, you know, there's nothing more important than failing and, and going through the struggles, right? Because, you know, like we said, legends are born in the, in the fires of failure and, you know, the fires of defeat. And, you know, you, you have to understand it. I mean, this, I don't know, I found peace in the fact of once it made sense to me that once it made sense to me that I have to go through it, you know, that you, that you learn when you fail, mm -hmm. right? Like the struggles where you learn. And once I really just embraced that, I think accepted it. I just, just understood that for the rest of my life, when there's struggle, that it's a lesson and that's all it is. That it's God giving me that lesson and that's what it is. It's not going to harm me. It's not going to hurt me. He's not going to give me anything to like, it's just, that's the lesson I need to learn and down the road, I'll understand why. And once I understood that I have to go through these no sales streaks or these struggles or the understanding why this person quit or why this happened or whatever else it is, you know, um, you know, why sales seem to drop, why, I mean, whatever, all the ups and downs. Once I understood that you just have to do that and it's going to pay off down the road. Um, I found peace in that. Like I, I literally like felt at ease and I challenge people to try to get to that point, like to get to the point because it makes it all, just okay. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it really does. It makes it sound like, I mean, you know, when you look at the fact of saying, okay, you know, I mean, your guys in your situation, right? I mean, you guys, you know, have been through a lot and like now you're, you're crushing your 50, you're getting up there, you know, but it's like, you know, you guys are going to push through, you're going to push through. I mean, but you're going to have months and hopefully they're a long ways away, but you're going to have months where you're going to go back down to 30, back down to 20, 25, you know, you're going to get down to that range and, you know, hopefully they're short and they're going to come back. But it's like, 
why? What, why is that drop? Like, what's going to happen with that? Right? You know, Mel, you look at what's going on. It's like, you know, the ups and downs. It's just like, why, why is it down? Like, why? Right? And you have to look at, I mean, and there's obviously there's things to be said about like, you know, making sure we're doing the right things, being faithful with the little and all that stuff. You have to, you're never going to get something that you, you haven't earned, you haven't deserved, you don't work for, right? But at the same time as you have to understand is like, sometimes you work for it, sometimes you're doing the right things and it's not there. And it doesn't make sense why it's not there. And the reason why is because there's, there's a lesson in that because some point down the road, it might be, it might not be tomorrow, but some point down the road, you're going to go through this, right? And you're going to be able to help that person. See, I went through when I was an area distributor and I'm barely, you know, barely hitting my numbers. It didn't make any sense. And I remember thinking like, why is this happening to me? And I was doing the work. I mean, there was definitely some times when I wasn't doing the work and those numbers were showing, but all in all, I was putting the effort in. And I'm thinking, why am I like, why am I not getting, you know, hitting the results I wanted to hit? You know, I'm trying to hit satellite. You need 50, 50, and 50, like 50 sales three months in a row. I hit it twice and then hit 35. And I'm thinking, why? You know, doing all the right things. I remember like, you know, when it was June, July, and August. So June and July, Kyle hit back-to-back -back worldwide sales champs. He hit half my numbers himself. You know, we hit 56, 52, and then 35. And, you know, we never stopped working. I mean, he slowed down, but, you know, I, I, was, I was just gung-ho. I'm gearing up for it. And it made no sense. When I hit it, I was devastated. I'm like, what's going on? Like, you know, I think I sold 15 myself. I mean, I was out there. We didn't stop working. It didn't make any sense to me. You know what it made sense to me? It was a year ago when all you guys opened up, right? That's what it made sense to me. That's why I went through that. So four, four years later, when I opened up a bunch of ADs who started going through that, that I knew what it felt like, right? So I knew how to push you guys through it, how to pull you guys through it, how to talk you guys through it, how to, you know, yell at you guys through it, how to hug you guys through it, out of all the emotions through it. But also, so you guys, you know, knew that I also went through it, but also I came through it, you know? So it's like all those things through it. And that's why it happened. It didn't make any sense at the time. And at the time, it was a very lonely, shitty place to be you know we only had a couple ad's at the time you know we didn't i mean or you know there was only myself and you know we opened up one more office so there was jaylene who was a satellite and or super duper satellite and then there was myself we opened up one more you know girl who was like a you know a more of a com in competition with me than anything she came out of the gate blows up to satellite instantly and I can't hit it. This is an ego thing too. Oh shit. And she was very in your face. Absolutely. Yeah. So you, you know, so I, I felt all that. I, and I didn't understand it. I was also working harder than her. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, still are. Yeah. But I'm like, how is this, like, how, like, how is this happening to me? Yeah. Made no sense. Made no sense until, you know, all of a sudden we're working with five area distributors who are starting going through the same thing, then it made complete sense to me, right? So you have to understand is like going, that's why I went through that, is to be able to help you guys through that. So you have to understand that, and again, now if I never went through any of that shit, 
right? If I would have came out of the gate, just hit satellite in in the first three months, if I would have just hit area set, distributor, satellite distributor, went up, never missed my numbers, never anything, like I would understand what you guys are going through. I wouldn't have anything, you know, like, I mean, I wouldn't even know how to help you. I'd be like, I don't know, like, you know, there would be nothing there. I wouldn't know what it feels like. I wouldn't know, you know, I, I wouldn't know any of that stuff. I wouldn't know how to help you guys with it, right? So I, you know, so that's where the thing is. So you have to understand, and it's like, you know, we say before, it's like, if you don't go through the lows, you can't help your people through it. So you got to ask yourself is, what are you looking to do? If you want to be a salesperson and you want to just go out and sell and be by yourself over the corner and just go sell, and that's all you want to do, okay, maybe you don't have to fail. You're still going to, but maybe you don't have to. But if you want to build an organization, you need people, right? And if you're going to build an organization, you're going to be a leader in that organization. And if you want to lead people, you have to understand them. You have to know what they're going through. You have to, you, you, they have to want to follow you, yeah. right? You can't just go and say, I'm your leader. You know, Eric, we talked in whatever episode that was about like the, you know, the engineer, the, mm -hmm. I think that was one of our earlier ones, yeah. right? It was about the um, process improvement engineer, <laughs> you know, comes out of college and is just like walks in. I mean, this chick comes into our plant and tells me to turn all the diesel engines off at minus 30. Not a clue, right? But the boss says, okay, that's your boss. Okay, I might be my boss, but that's not my leader. Yeah. Right? So so that's the thing. It's like no one's going to follow that person. No one respects that person. No one respects because that person doesn't have a clue what they're talking about. Okay? But old John that's worked here for 40 years has no power, but he's got the respect because he knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. he's been through the shit he knows what it's like so if i had a question you know do i cut the red wire or cut the blue wire i'm asking john of course you know what i'm saying so so these are the things that you have to just you i the challenge i guess mel is find the comfort in understanding that you're going through it for a reason and you have to Go through it if you want to run an organization. So some of the struggles that you guys are going through, you're going through them because down the road, when you are successful and you do come through it, you're going to have people who are going to go through those struggles and you're going through it now so you can help them through it down the road and you can feel that and go through that with them. And, and once you know that you're doing that, and that's at every level. I mean, that's at you guys as a distributor level, that is at a dealer level, that's at every single level. Okay? So, it's powerful. So with that though, you have to remember... In that time, you didn't lose focus though. You mm -hmm. didn't lose focus on the result of what you wanted. And that's what I think happens to people is they lose focus and they focus on the negative part of it. They don't focus on where they gotta go. Like even when I went through a lot of, I'm not gonna say the number of no sales, it's actually probably a revival record if we look into it, mm -hmm. of the amount of no sales I had, but I didn't lose focus on the end goal. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was a, like, I, I did have some re a return in there in the middle. So it doesn't really, yeah, you sell, but, yeah. but you know, it was, it was a lot, but I didn't lose focus because I knew the end result was what, where I am as a distributor. Yeah. But also the, another important thing about failing is actually learning from it. Right. Is like, you know, it's not just going through the motions of failing, failing, failing and thinking, oh, I just need to go through this. It's actually learning why you're failing and understanding like what you're trying to learn from it. Right. Because yeah. you were learning from that. You weren't just failing to go through the motions. You're yeah. failing, obviously, to learn. But what gets you through it? 
Excuse me. But that's what gets you through it is, or what got me through it was the understanding yeah. of this is why I'm going through it. See, if you, if you're turned off to why you're going through it. And even if you go back to like when I was struggling to hit an AD, when I didn't really understand why I was going through it, it was like, it was frustrating and but you still knew it was happening for a reason. I did know it was happening for a reason. I had that touch. I wasn't, I guess, maybe a hundred percent in touch yeah. with it, but I did at the end. Like I mean, because I remember even halfway through it, and when when what's her nuts was you know a satellite, and like you said, throwing it in my face. I remember just taking the the approach of you know, okay, I'm not going to engage in this. I'm not going to let this bug me. I'm going to focus. I know what I can bring to the table. I know where I'm going to end up. And I just little by little and day by day, I'm just going to do the right things every single day. And I know down the road that I'm going to be there. It will pay and off. get up there. And I mean, I knew one day I'd be kicking her ass again. Mm -hmm. And once I did, she would never catch me. And it happened. And she still has it. And she's not going to, you know, so that's the thing. So it's like, but I just knew. So in a way, you're right. I did know that. And it did help me get there. But there was a time where it was just like, I don't think it, I, I put enough together to do it. So, but getting you through that is, is like having that understanding. So whether it's a no sales streak, whether it's, you know, again, somebody quitting on you, you know, losing your best person, like, you know, whatever it might be, you know, um, you know, you know, trying to hit your numbers, missing them, like whatever the thing is. Um, once you know it's happening for a reason, that's what always got me say, okay, there's a lesson here. I get it. This sucks. Have my have your moment to go through it. Get your own little bit of anger out, a little bit of sadness out, whatever it is. Saddle up, move on. Know you went through that for a reason. And, but again, you said head down, ass up it. But that's what kept me going was knowing that this happened for a reason. I'm going to find out soon why. Keep going. And I think if you you go through it again, like even even in daily life, I talk about this all the time. Like if you're going through something over and over and over, you're not learning. Yeah. You're not learning something out of it. That's mm -hmm. why you're still going through it. Yeah. And, you know, mostly I talk about that when somebody's going through something. Like, what what are you missing out of this that you're yeah. not learning? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's so many lessons. And you got to look at it, too. I mean, there, I mean, it's it's such an opportunity. Like, the, I look back at, and think about how many times I pissed away golden opportunities to learn. You know, I love to learn. You know, honestly, and it's just yep. like, you know, I, and I mean, it's stupid because I have a great education, you know, I, and I don't love to learn. I mean, you guys seen, you know, the last couple of days, you know, <laughs> I mean, we have, you know, I mean, our company's down here teaching us these things and I'm running away from it. I mean, I, I don't like sitting down in this classroom setting and like learning, like, like I, I can't, like, that doesn't live inside of me, but but in terms of like, like, like learning and development and different things like that, in my own way, in my own style, at my own pace, at my own time, I love to learn, you know, and I love to, to you know, to develop and to, to get smarter and to, to do these things. So it's like there's so many opportunities to learn, but again, very hands-on and, and living through, you know, through situations and through moments and things like that. So there's so many opportunities. And if you really look at it for that's what it is, it's an opportunity to learn and grow that it changes everything dramatically. And, and that's what you have to look at it is, it's just, this is an opportunity to get better. And, you know, let's take it as an opportunity to get better. Let's definitely get better because don't waste it, right? If and something shitty, ha yeah, like if something shitty happens and you don't get better from it, then all that happened was something shitty happened, right? But if you take the ch opportunity to get better from it, then, I mean, there's so much chances to like, to, you know, to grow and to take that shitty situation 
And that's what it was there for. It was put there for you to grow, right? And, you know, we talked a, a couple episodes ago about, like, not learning that lesson, right? And the lesson's there for you to learn it. And it keeps getting put there. And if you don't learn the lesson, it's gonna, shit's going to keep happening to you until you learn the lesson. It might not be exactly the same, but it'll be but similar. But it's going to keep coming, exactly. Yeah. Until you learn it, Yeah. right? So the faster you learn that lesson then the faster, you know, you're going to be able to move on and shit's going to start getting better. Right. So you definitely need to learn it faster. I know. (laughs) (laughs) We're trying. Yeah, for sure. So will that make sense, Mel? So yeah, definitely come to terms, find the comfort in the fact of knowing what it's there for and get in touch with that because it makes life a hell of a lot easier. JD, you got something for us there, brother? Hello. Um, yeah. So I want to know, um, I know you have goals, and I know when we look at you and Jaylene as our mentors, we, we see success. In your head, what would be your I've made it? And what are you actively doing to get to that moment? Like, is it, is it more offices? Is it, um, more sales? Like where, what level of success in life is your, I made it moment, I guess. You know, actually it's funny cause Jalen and I have talked about this quite, um, extensively actually, believe it or not. Um, I don't, I think we've both genuinely come to terms with the fact that I don't think there is a, we've made it moment. Um, you always set your bar higher. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think, you know, we have, I mean, we have very different goals in certain ways. Um, you know, we have, you know, definitely have ways to improve. I have, you know, I definitely have, you know, ways I need to improve and, and to get better. So, I, you know, we have goals for sure. We have bigger goals. I mean, she has, you know, cash savings goals and I definitely need to, you know, to tweak my mindset to, to go towards, you know, more into cash savings goals. Cause I definitely, you know, still spend a lot and, and I need to, you know, focus more on that too. But, you know, I mean, but no, I mean, you know, honestly, like we, we do this to help people, you know, we change the, the mindset for it. It's, and we, you know, I don't know, I, I, I just look at, you know, for us, it's like when you look at the people in our organization and, you know, I mean, I look at the, you know, I mean, the people we want to help, and I, I don't think we're ever going to run into people we want to help, you know, and as, as more new people come in, you know, you fall in love with them and then you want to help them too. You know what I mean? And, you know, I, and we just talked about, it's like, you know, our goal, you know, I mean, used to be, I mean, Jaylene came in her goal. I mean, if she hit 25 sales, her goal was to hit 50. She hit 50 sales, her goal was to hit 75. She hit 75, her goal was to hit 100. I mean, you know, she remembered like, you know, you know, when Fernanda got 250, she was thinking, holy shit, how could you ever hit 250 sales in a month? And then, you know, get a master's, you know, do that every month for a year. And then she, you know, now she's got three masters and, you know, and, and going to have a fourth this year and, you know, and just, and just, it just keeps going. And then we talked about like, how could you ever hit 300? We hit 300 and like now we're sitting here, I'll go at 500. We're going to hit 500. And then once we hit 500, you know, it's going to be 750. We're going to hit 750. It's going to be a thousand. We're going to hit thousand. It's going to be 1500. It's going to be 2000. Like there, there's always going to be a goal, but that's what pushes you. But I think the important thing, I guess, for, you know, we were even talking about this today a little bit. It's like, 
we're always going to work as business. I don't see that ever stopping, but you know, you work differently, I think is what's the important thing to look at. And we've already started working differently, I think to an extent, like, I mean, you know, we're not grinding out in the field anymore. You know, we're not out, you know, I mean, obviously is, you know, in the last little bit, we've stepped back more into the fields and the trainings more than we have in a while, just with the, you know, all the offices we opened up and stuff. But, you know, I mean, you know, for me specifically, uh, you know, things like, like war room and, and, you know, training in this aspect, you know, for me is, is, you know, uh, a thing I want to go. And we talked about like, you know, we do a lot of, you know, virtual trainings and online with our team. And, you know, we, our goal is to go around and train, you know, distributors as opposed to dealers and to build offices. And, you know, we have visions of going on, you know, distributor trips with our people. And, you know, we have, we've, we have a taste of what we, you know, what our goals are. And, you know, I just think it's just, you know, I mean, we want to build to a level of, you know, having, you know, RGD groups and and satellite groups and area distributor groups and, you know, and just, just keep going. But, you know, I don't know if the, the feeling of made it is ever going to live inside of us. Um, I think that's, what's always going to push us to, to keep going. Um, you know, I just think we're going to change the way we work, but I think we'll always have people who want to help in the business. And I think we'll always, you know, always be involved. I don't ever see us leaving rainbow. I mean, it's, it's, you know, Jalen talked to Paul Vitovich, you know, the, the former, you know, president of Rex air. And, you know, she you know, always had a ton of respect for Paul and love Paul very much. And, and Paul loves her very much. And, you know, it was just, um, Oh yeah. She's got a gold pool and a gate. She just said on there, she wants a gate and I want to swing. So, I mean, that's how modest we are. Right. But, um, but no, but I mean, she talked to Paul a long time ago and, and, you know, she's like, Paul, you're a multimillionaire and you're super successful. And, one of the top direct salespeople on the planet. Like, why don't, like, why don't you retire? Like, when are you going to retire? Like, why don't you, how come you haven't retired? And he said, Jalen, you don't retire from your family. You know, he's like, you don't retire from people you love. He's like, this isn't a job, you know? And, you know, it, it makes so much sense in that aspect, right? So, you know, it's like, you don't want to go out and do 24 demos a month for 50 years. You know what I mean? But it's like, you, you do that for a time, but you work differently. And when you set yourself up to work differently, you know, I don't see us ever leaving. It reminds me of you saying that, uh, that one world meeting where that, they had to help him to the stage and he's walking up the stage. Old Victor Peralta. And his pants fell yeah, down when he's Victor. going up the stage. And yeah. it's like, it, he's never going to leave yeah. this. Like, and he ended up passing away. I think he passed away. Like, I think it was like the next year or year after that guy. or something like that. And yeah. yeah. And I mean, he, yeah, like. Yeah. I mean, you, people, I mean, you, you go to these, years yeah, you then. go to these meetings and like people are in these businesses forever. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. Sean Jones was talking to this. I mean, there's like, like, it's just because you don't, you don't leave a business like this, you know, because it's like, it's not a job. And that's the beautiful thing about, about a business, an organization, you know, and, and, an opportunity like this, you know, people retire from a job, but this is just different, but you, you set yourself up. It's the work you do you know, early on that sets you up to live that lifestyle. This is what you're working for. You're working to get to that. When you talk to these older people, like they live that, they, they, they grind to that field, man. They bang the doors. They, they, they pull the machines out of the boxes. They, they, you know, they did the training classes. They did the ride alongs. They ran the open houses. They gave I me, mean, they, they did trainings after trainings after trainings. They did the ride. Like they, 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 they beat it up. You know what I mean? And they, they did, 
the demos and they went out there and, they, and then they just worked it up and worked it up and worked it up and they just built it bigger and bigger. And they got to the point that they, then they, you know, ran an office, they ran an organization, they ran a team of distributors, you know, and then they just keep building it up and up and up and up and they set themselves up to live that lifestyle. Can you imagine how much harder that was without oh, the technology we have now? We got it so much easier. Oh, so easy. Like even just talking about that, I was just thinking of, you know, knocking doors, knocking and, doors, and the places they went just to just to make connections with people. I'm gonna drag Spady in here, honestly, oh, one day, and just to. just to just for the old stories, like yeah. you know, like unbelievable, like what it used to be, you yeah. know, driving out to the farms and knocking farmer doors, like just getting yeah. cornered by a by a dog on the porch. Yeah, and, right. Like it's just crazy. So yeah, no, we got it easy, but you know, but that's the message you got to take from it is you have to. Um, you, you got to work now yeah. for that, you know, and, and, you know, that's where kind of where, you know, Jay and I are at, I mean, it was funny because we were out in Kelowna there and, you know, back in the field a little bit. I mean, she went on, I went on two or three or two, she went on, I think about five or six and, you know, it was funny because she's like, what am I doing out here? She's like, I did my time, you know and I mean? <laughs> you always got to stay out there and stay in touch. I mean, and we need to do that more for sure, right? You don't want to lose touch of that, but I mean, it's just like, yeah, you, you work different. You, you spend that time and you, you work hard, you know, and, and we did it. You know, we did our time. We were out there, you know, so much and, and we did it all. And, and, you know, and that's why you can teach it and you have to be able to do that so you can do it. But, you know, now the, you know, the life we live is on a, on a different level and we get to teach differently and we just want to keep upping that. And, what, you know, what we're doing now is what we want our next level distributors, what we want you guys to do. And then we just go up and just, you know, everybody just kind of grows up together and just keeps moving up to the top. And, you know, the quality of life for everybody just increases, you know, and that's what we want to all get to. So, so yeah, so I don't know, JD, I don't ever see, uh, you know, we made it mentality, but um, definitely changing the way we work. And, and I just don't ever see a point for either one of us when there's not someone in this business we don't want to help. So. No, thank you. I appreciate that. That was good. For sure, for sure. Good. Any other questions anybody wants to jump in and ask anything at all? Might have to turn the heat on in here for a bit. Yeah, I'm going to have to. You know what we can actually do is let's take a pause because i got to have a pee. Pause in the... Okay, Alicia, you got a question for us? Okay, so what is something you have experienced on a personal level to help somebody not make that same mistake that's in your pretty, career? That's pretty broad. That's a pretty broad question. I forgot what we're talking about. What mistake? What same mistake? Any, any mistakes that you have made in your rainbow career that so you wouldn't want anyone else to make that same mistake. Something you've done that you wouldn't want somebody else to oh, do. Oh, I see. Holy cow. Just pick one. Jeez. Um, wow, something, a mistake that I made, I wouldn't want anyone else to make the mistake. I have a good one. Yeah. Not offering the opportunity. Yeah, um, there's definitely... That one I definitely didn't do for a long time. Yeah, I didn't either for a long time. I think, I think um, you know, like I told you guys a lot about, 
I used to, like, I don't even know if people believe this, but, like, it's legit. I got pissed off for Jalen doing open houses. That's crazy. That blows me away. Like, I was literally, like, you're, like, you're fucking telling people about this? I couldn't believe it. I thought we were saying the word. I have a recording. I'm oh, like. I didn't know that. I haven't said fuck I in, like. I didn't get the memo. In, like, 13, 13 episodes. episodes. <laughs> or you. No, we no nope. editing. This is the first time? Yeah. Okay, we're writing it out. Um, but honestly, so no, but um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if people actually believe this, but I honestly like would get pissed off at her, and I'm like, you're telling people about this, and like it was like a like it was a thing. Like I'm like I I would got mad at her for telling people about this opportunity. So yeah, recruiting definitely for me too. I think would have been something that I would not have you know, wanted people to make that same mistake. Uh, leads in the beginning for sure was definitely the same thing. Um, I think some of the same things we talked about, a little bit of obviously that same kind of stuff too was like, you know, um, not making those same mistakes in terms of, um, you know, what I would do differently, you know, at all three levels as a dealer, manager, and a distributor. But yeah, I think just, you know, following, you know, what's in place is there, you know. Uh, Rex, there's a multi-billion dollar company they know what they're doing you know rainbow is the greatest product in the world just play along you know is is definitely the the best advice just you know don't quit and do what they teach you to do but i think yeah i think just early on you know following along offering the opportunity would definitely be the bigger thing you can make a lot of money really quickly you can make good money selling the rainbow like you can you can really make a, a lot of money better than any job out there mm-hmm. selling the rainbow, but you can set yourself financially free and change your entire life by offering the opportunity. So yeah, offer that right out the gate. Yeah. doesn't matter how new you are. Yeah. How much you're trying to figure things out. Yeah. It's easy way or the hard way. So I think, yeah, that would be mine too, for sure. I say this a lot, but I think the, honestly, the hardest hit probably was when we were in Saskatchewan. And you got everybody up in front of Jaylene and said if she didn't offer the opportunity or she wasn't offered the opportunity, none of us would be here. That's when I really, truly understood recruiting, which is stupid. I should have understood a lot faster, but that's when it really hit me. And I believe what I, I think how I did that is I got my organization up Mm -hmm. there just and said if she would have screwed that up up for me. Then none of them would have been like there. if she would have given up on me. Mm-hmm. That's what because I mean obviously if she, you know for her it's the whole building like I mean it's everybody. Yeah. But just that's the impact if she gives up on me. Mm-hmm. Right. So you know so yeah like none of this happens without her. Well, even with that aspect, like think of the the girl that recruited us. It's given up on. Everything. You know how many stories we have? Like we talked about this before, Brad, right? Like how many stories we have of there's a lady and give me a second to get my bearings on this, but there is a lady. Oh, so the girl who recruited you quit just before she recruited you guys. So I remember we had worked it out. I think what the hell was the number at one time of the amount of money she would have. I mean, now it's yeah. Uh, like geez, I think like, in the first year it was over a hundred thousand. Yeah. Like I, I think I think at one time we had it figured out to like 
I think, didn't we have it at 200 grand at some point? I'm, I don't remember. Yeah, but, but I mean, at, at, at the point now, if she would have played along and leveled up with you guys, like, being a distributor above you still today, like, holy shit. Yeah. But there was a lady. <coughs> so, so the lady who recruited you, the person who recruited her, and then there was the lady that recruited her. So I think probably three or four doors up from you guys, uh, there was a girl who would have basically, I mean... I remember talking about this. Yeah. yeah. So she would have... She was a really good friend of ours, and she lived in North Battleford. And she was, her and her husband were amazing. And so they had uh, basically a, like, so their organization in essence would have, I mean, you guys are still in the business today and it, that would have been part of her organization today. Also, if you remember the whole um, deal up around like Meadow Lake and that whole deal as well. Um, Could have been massive. Would have been hers as well. Yeah. Um, as well as that whole entire Saskatoon thing that I was involved in, the whole Filipino market all through Saskatoon, also would have been through there because the lady I went on that ride along with to start that whole thing was her recruit. So, I mean, she had a 100, 120 sale organization at some point, you know, and, and more. And she quit just before all that blew up. You know, so when you when you really think, I mean, what's that that the the, the story, the book, or three three feet from gold, I think it is. Yeah, I think it's three feet from gold or two feet from gold. Something you know? like that. And like you think, there's so many stories of people who have quit, like just before. Yeah. You know, so when you really say never quit, like you know, Jaylee and I can sit down and probably tell you honestly, we went sat back and thought about how many people who have given up and just quit just before, you know, it was, it was too late, you know, that, that, you know, have given up on tens of thousands to, to hundreds of thousands to potentially, because your story is still unraveling and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, the lady who recruited you could have potentially given up on millions. Mm -hmm. And this lady that I'm talking about has given up on millions. And how much more millions because your story is still rolling too. So, you know, like it's crazy what you never know what you're quitting on or walking away from. Yeah. And that was, you know, comes back to when I was talking about, you know, when I did go through that no sales, I had, I had the end goal. I knew the vision of the end of what I, what I never lost sight of the business aspect of it. And you know, that's without knowing that story, that was still, I, I knew there was a bigger picture. I knew there was something more and I did not give up and I wouldn't let Alicia give up either. Yeah. You know, I gotta, I don't know. I want to go back to something here because Sam asked me a question here. No, she just typed, commented too. Yeah. She typed in a message here. <coughs> Going back to um, the needing to succeed. So Sam said, um, here's a question on this topic. Knowing people need to fail to lead, do you regret making promotions while growing your business and seeing the failure? Would you have made the decisions differently when, when placing the roles? So 
Can can I say something before that? Yeah. Everything happens for a reason. Uh-huh. The reason we are where we are is because of things that have happened. Right. The this process to get us where we are. Right. Has to happen for us to get here. The thing that's important to recognize in that is you can't you can't regret the promotions because if if I promote you, Brad, and you deserve that promotion, that promotion's there. I mean, in in Rainbow, the promotion is a promotion. There's two sides to it. There's the tangible promotion, the 25, 25, 25 you promote, and then there's the the development promotion, there's the emotional promotion, right? Do you have what it takes? Are you a leader? Do you have people following you? Can you recruit? Can you build a team? Like, do you deserve this? Are you doing the work? Are you going out there? If you meet those two things, you deserve the promotion, right? We don't promote people unless they deserve that. Once you get that and you go, so if I promote you, you deserve that. So now you go and you, and you go. Now, if you fail through that, the thing that's important to understand is, is that is now your lesson to learn. That's your learning curve, mm-hmm. right? So now it's up to you to decide. So say, for example, you know, I promote you into an office and for whatever reason, that office doesn't work and you, f- and, and you fail in that. That is now your lesson to learn, right? Now, what you do with that is up to you. If you decide to be negative about that not take that as a learning opportunity you quit you move on you go and you be negative and whatever okay that's that's what you just had to take with it that's that's blame on you that's on you yeah blame everybody else for your failure blah blah blah, blah. Yeah. that's you yeah. that's what you decided to do with it that's on you that isn't on me okay because i didn't force you out there i didn't make you go i promoted you into something that you've earned and deserved mm-hmm. Now, if you decide to take it as a learning curve, learn from that, you know, and decide to stay with it and and to do something about it and to take it as a learning curve. Now, if you can now use that to benefit yourself (coughs) and to grow. Now, if you realize that, hey, this was what was given to me to learn and you take that and now down the road, you use that to help somebody else, okay? then there's no regret in that for me because it's an opportunity where you've now learned from that so it's helped you grow, right? So if you failed at something but you use it as an opportunity to learn and grow, that means down the road you're going to get better and you're also going to help somebody else get better. So there's no loss in that. But I'm not going to feel regret based on what your decision is going to be on how you handle a failure. I can't control how you handle a failure. That's on you. I control how I handle my failures. But a promotion is deserved. And if you deserve the promotion, you get the promotion. If you deserve it and you want it, you get it. How you work yourself through that is on you. So there can't be any regret in that. You can't be scared to promote somebody who deserves it. You know, because it's like, it's like when people recruit into the business, okay? is every time someone comes up to me and goes, Dallas, should I quit my job? Yeah. Yes, you should. You know, now again, I say that, saying that I'm expecting that you're going to work like I did. Yeah. If you don't work like I did, then no, you shouldn't quit your job. I'll never tell someone to, I'll never tell somebody not to, right? But see, I go into everything. Like I recruit everybody, like this is going to change your life. It's going to, 
but I'm going to go to recruit videos and I'm expecting you're going to work it like I did. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like that's what my expectation is. Like, I'm expecting that you're going to make the most out of this. Okay? So when, I, when I'm recruiting somebody, it's like I'm expecting that you're going to go do 24 demos a month and that you're, if you want to do this full time, I'm expecting you're going to just head down ass up this thing whole entire time. You're going to have an office within 18 months to two years. You're going to be a manager inside my office right away. And you're going to grow this up and you're going to go. I mean, that's what my expectation is because why wouldn't you? Now, if you decide that that's what, it, that's what it takes to be successful. If you decide you want to do something different, then that's on you. It's no longer on me. I don't have any ill feelings towards that. If you decide you want to work less than that, then that now becomes on you. I don't have anything towards that. That doesn't come on to me. Right? Like I know rainbow works. I know how to get there really quickly and I know how to, I know how to succeed at So I don't, I, I put what my expectations are in the people. I know what it takes to get there. Now, if you decide, because I know every single person can easily go do 24 demos a month. There's not one single person in our organization that can't do 24 demos, not one. There's not one single person, not one excuse, not one reason why they can't. So if every single person went and did 24 demos a month, every single person would have a very big paycheck. Every single person would like lots of money. Every single person would recruit a big team. Every single person would become a GSD. Every single person would grow. And if they continued to do that, every single person would be, you know, would be successful. Now, if every single person came to all the training classes and they listened to what we said, every single person in our organization would become a distributor. All of them would be. And we would promote every single person. So why wouldn't they do that? See, my expectation is that everyone will do that. So I don't recruit either one of you guys expecting any different. Like, do you want to make lots of money? Yeah. Do you want to open an office? Yeah. Perfect. Do you want to make lots of money? Yeah. Do you want to open an office? Yeah. Perfect. So I don't, I don't hold you guys at any less of a standard other than the fact that 24 demos a month, and we're going to open you up an office in 18 months if you do everything properly. Now, when you guys both decide in your heads, for whatever reasons you guys conjure up inside yourselves to not do 24 demos, that now becomes on you. I don't hold anything. So when you come up and say, I want to open up an office and I want to make lots of money, should I quit my job? I'm going to say, yeah. Of course you should. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't. Now, if you don't make this work and you fail, I don't have one ounce of regret inside of me. I don't feel bad at all for you. If you lose your house, your family, your job, your whole entire lifestyle, I don't feel bad one, but not one ounce of me feels bad for you at all because that shit's on you. There's no one piece of me that feels any regret towards you because did you do 24 demos a month? No. Did you do what I said? No. So you decided not to listen to me. You decided to do a tenth of what I said to do. You made up excuses. You did this. You decided to play video games, watch TV, do this, sleep until dude. You decided to do everything against what I said. So that shit is on you. I don't feel bad. Right? Now, if you came up to me and said, Dallas, should I quit my job? I say, well, are you going to do 24 times a month? No. I'm going to do six. Okay, are you going to come to all the training classes? No, I might come to one out of every four. Are you going to listen to what I say? No, I'm going to listen to about a, about a third of what you say. I'll hear it, but I'm not going to Yes, then I'll say, no, you shouldn't quit your job. Yeah. Because if you tell me the reality that you're going to do 25% of what I say and I tell you to quit your job, then I'll feel guilty. But I recruit everybody expecting that you're going to do this. Because if everybody does, like I know damn well that if, if people listen to what me and Jaylene teach you and you do the things we teach you to do, you will be successful. It's guaranteed. It's It's guaranteed is anything. But if you don't do it, then it's not. But that shit's on you, not me.
So yes, 100%, if someone comes up and says, I wanna make a lot of money, and I wanna do a rainbow check for my job, I'm gonna say yes, absolutely. And if that doesn't work out for you, I do not feel an inch of regret. Because it has nothing to do with me. Right? So those situations are all goes on to the person. I know 1,000% this business works. I know what that machine does. I know that machine works. I know what this business does. I know what that business, like this business works. I know everything in it. I've seen it time and time and time again, right? It's proven itself time and time in every single person, every single circumstance. And if you listen, you do the things we say, you become teachable, you become coachable, and, and you grow and you learn and you develop yourself and you just go out and do it, it works. And everyone who's been able to do that has been successful. And the ones that don't, aren't. End of story. I think the big thing is being teachable. For sure. That's the Bill, biggest thing. You have to be teachable in this mm -hmm. business. You have to be willing to, when you're going through something, what am I doing wrong? To listen, to figure it out, to change what you're doing wrong. Maybe something so silly. The way you're wording something. Maybe you're not getting up to go to your customer. You know, yeah. you know I, I, there was one time we had this one, this one rep that he, he was on no sale after no sale. And it was the silliest thing that he had to change. So I went on a demo with him, saw what he did, said, this is what you need to do. And he fixed that. He sold six in a row. Like, it was an easy yeah. fix. Like, it was just something so silly. Like, yeah. getting up to the customer, not making his customer come to him. He went to the customer yeah. with whatever it was he was doing and changed his whole demo. It's often so stupid. I mean, we yeah. had Jessica there in Calgary there a few years ago. It, she went from, you know, um, me to, like, I and we. Just, just I and we statements and just completely just flipped her whole business around, you know, went from you and, and whatever it was, you know, and just like, just saying things like you guys and you, and it just went to I and we, and just mm -hmm. from you and me to I and we, and just changed everything, you know? So yeah, it's just, there's more often than not, just a little itty bitty little tweaks that makes that difference. Right. But, you know, but these are the things it's like, but people have to come in, you know, you get the, you get the dealer that comes in and they're just like, well, yeah, I did everything. I did all that. Yeah. Right? Like, there's nobody stupider, honestly. And there's nobody that pisses me off more than the dealer that comes in and just says, I did all that. Drives you nuts. That guy's an idiot. Like, honestly, that just, there's nothing that pisses there's me off more. nothing wrong with my really? demo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you went eight in a row without a sale, but you did everything. Really? So, like, if I would have went there, I would have went eight in a row, too? Come on, buddy. Right? Like, give me a break. If I would have sent Jovanna on those eight... I would have sent Alicia on those eight. Like, she wouldn't have sold them either. Give me a break. Mm -hmm. Right? Humble yourself if you want to learn. Don't be stupid. Okay? It's just it. There's always something you can learn. Yeah. Okay? I went from that person to, you know, again, you know, I couldn't get them connected. I missed something. You know, I went from every demo, it was my fault I couldn't connect them. You know, just ownership in it. Yeah. It's I missed something. Cause that's what it is. Just being real with it. Mine went from being a good salesperson to not being a good salesperson. Yeah. <laughs> I had to literally teach Eric to be a shitty salesperson. It's true. Well, the rainbow sells itself. That's you have to sell yourself yeah. to the customer, yeah. to that customer. I know. Like Jaylene was just like, Eric, like stop selling. <laughs> it's true. The harder I tried to push for a sale, the more no sales I had. 
Well, Crazy. along with pushing for no sales, you get returns too. Well, that was the other thing is they would just buy the rainbow to get me another house so they yeah. could just return it the next day anyways. <laughs> yeah. Any other questions out there, guys? I was just going to comment on what you guys were talking about. Yeah, go ahead. Um, it goes with your ego thing, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're a pushy salesperson, you got a big ego and mm-hmm. we have to put our egos away. 100%. Yeah. Ego is, I mean, again, it, it, there's nothing that gets in your way more than an ego. For sure. Like, honestly, it's just, it's so stupid. And I mean, again, I used to have a huge one, right? And that's like, you know, it's like we talked about in, you know, one of the episodes we just did about, you know, just, you know, the mirror and the power of that, right? And just, you got, you got to have that conversation with yourself and just be like, look, man, what do you like, you know, I just looked in the mirror and just said like, what do you want to do? Like, how's it working out for you? You know, you want to stay like this? You want to stay going down this road? You want to stay like walking out there all puffy chest, telling everybody how great you are. But deep down inside, like you're crying yourself to sleep every night, you know, not every night, but you know what I mean? Like a lot of the time and you're stressed out and your life sucks, you know, you want to keep on going like this? Like, does it matter what everybody perceives you or does it really matter what's going on? Like, do you just want to start owning up to some shit? That's crazy because, you know, it's funny because people buy things to impress other people that they don't even like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's literally because I know it because I did it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What people do is they'll buy things to impress people they don't even like. People who don't give a shit about you. Yeah, you'll like you'll go into financial debt just to try and impress somebody that you don't like. Yeah, isn't that so backwards? Yeah, it's crazy when you actually think about it. It's stupid, you know. And and it's and it's funny because it was like, you know, I think you know for me early on too, it was like I don't know if I ever. I mean, for me it was like I don't know if I've ever even. For me the the ego part of money it wasn't even it wasn't about trying to impress other people necessarily it wasn't like it wasn't so much to be like oh wow look what dad like oh dallas has this it wasn't even so much of that for me i know that is it you're because you're 100 right that is for a ton of people um for me but it was just more of like um i mean there's two sides of it for me it was it was part of it was like knowing i could like for me, because I mean, growing up poor as shit, there was a side of me that just like I could never have anything to now when I could have things, it was just almost like I wanted to buy everything because I could. Um, but also it was just more of like just um, I think deep down just, you know, people thinking I was OK, like or thinking I was doing good more than like necessarily having something like trying to impress wasn't trying to impress someone specifically but you wanted to more think you were just to think i was yeah like just more in general of thinking like hey he's doing good for himself kind of mm-hmm. thing almost Keeping right like yeah like you know it was just more like he's like he's doing well like he's doing a good job almost i almost it was almost like wanting people to be more like proud of me or like you know or just more like wow that guy's got his shit together like he's doing well more than it was just like really trying to like, oh, my car is better than your car, or I got a bigger house than you got, or stuff like that, right? It was just more of like... But that's still impressing you know, people that you it, don't it like. It was, for sure, right? right? It was it was more, it was it was still trying to, it was opinion, it was still going after opinions that don't matter, mm-hmm. for sure, but just in a bit of a different way kind of thing, right? I never needed to have the nice car, like, you know, I mean, again, I drove a $400 car. Like, Rainbow and Jaylene really screwed me up even more. Like, I actually was frugal. And as much as Jay doesn't want to admit it, I mean, she really did kind of screw me up a little bit, too. This is a lot of this was her fault. As much as she doesn't want to admit that, it really was. Way to go, Jaylene. It was, honestly. And, and I'll tell you why. But 
you know, when, when I met, like when, cause when, when, like when I started even at Rainbow, like I drove a 400, like I remember when I was going to Calgary to sell rainbows, I had to rent a car because my car wouldn't make it to Calgary from cameras to Calgary. Like it wouldn't make it two and a half hours. Like I drove a $400 Chrysler Intrepid, like that teal green one. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You can see that car right now, oh, yeah. <clears throat> right? You can oh, yeah. see that teal green car. Everybody can see exactly. that. Exactly. Everybody can see that teal green Intrepid, right? <laughs> and it's like, <clears throat> well, it was a Dodge. Of yeah. course it wasn't going to make it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, the, the thing I'll say about that car is, I mean, I, I bought it with like, I bought it for 400 bucks, you know, put another 250, 300,000 kilometers on it and sold it for 400 bucks. Like the, never had to put a it dime into nothing. it. It owed me nothing. You know, the, I mean, I remember the, in, like I was driving the town in when it was snowing and snow was coming through the windshield. Like <laughs> the hubcaps kept falling off the damn thing. You know, I'm driving into Tim Hortons one day. It was like six in the morning. I'm heading to work at 545. I'm heading to work and I'm pulling into Tim Hortons. I'm ordering coffee. And next thing I see this guy walking up to me behind in my mirror in the drive-thru. I'm thinking he's coming to mug me. He's got my damn hubcap and rolled <laughs> off and hit his car. <laughs> And I remember one time I was driving down the thing, my hubcap just took off beside me. I see it rolling across, going into the next lane. It goes into oncoming traffic, bounces off one guy's car, hits another car. And so I stop on the side of the road. My ex-wife just sinks down into her chair. I get out in the middle of traffic and pick it up my hubcap. And like, like this was me, right? And I'm driving this four, but I was like, I was like proud I had this $400 car, but it's like everything I had was paid for. You know, and you should you know, hope so for four hundred dollars. Well, that, but I had like a, I had my, you know, my, my had old green, you know, my my '97 freaking like, you know, seven, you know, three Dodge or four freaking F three fifty, and I yeah, had always that bad taste in vehicles. Shut up, <laughs> you know, and you know, I had my old fifth wheel that was paid for, and you know, but I mean, yeah. it was just like I, you know, so it wasn't like I had to have like the nicest things, you know mm. what I mean? It wasn't like I had to have super fancy vehicles. I didn't have to have brand new vehicles, but I just, you know, wanted people to know that I was like, you know, the impression was that I was like debt free and that I was just like, you know, kind of ahead of the game. Right. And, you know, it wasn't really until, you know, honestly rainbow. And then like, I mean, I used to wear like track pants and I mean, as a loader operator, right. So, I mean, you know, in loader operator, I mean, you don't really typically wear jeans too often. I mean, you're just comfortable clothes and whatever. Right. So, I mean, I was just in, you know, track pants and I'm going into demos in freaking track pants and like a t-shirt, a Daysland firefighter, fire department t-shirt, which sold me a shit ton of rainbows. Like <laughs> I'm loaded the fire chief in Daysland going into home selling rainbows. It's just like, here's my credit card. Like, I mean, it was just like, your dryer's right? going to catch on fire. Oh yeah. Well, like the, the, the dryer <laughs> thing. It was just like, okay. And you had a fire chief telling you that, you know, the fire, it's like, okay. Like it's, it's, it, it was easy. Right. But anyway, so Anyway, so she sits me down and she's just like, like, oh, like you gotta, you gotta kind of like, you gotta dress for success, you know? And I mean, I didn't, didn't really know how to dress. And I, I'm out in the, in these Filipinos and, you know, we're kind of dating these and the, and the Filipinos are like, Dallas, like I had, like, I had holes in my shoes and they're like, Dallas, like you're dating Jaylene. They're like, you gotta kind of step it up. <laughs> like you gotta level up, man. So she takes me out shopping and starts buying me all these expensive clothes and starts putting us on, starts telling me how good I look and stuff. Well, next thing you know, I'm like, I never owned expensive clothes in my whole entire life, right? So I'm spending all these clothes, I'm buying all these things, and oh yeah, man, pumping the tires, my head, like my my head. You want to talk about inflating an ego? My head's out to here. I'm thinking, all of a sudden, I'm looking good. I'm buying shoes. I'm buying all this stuff. Yeah, no shit. I'm just I'm ruffling my feathers. I'm just walking all out, and then next thing you know, I'm like, holy shit, I do look good. And well, holy shit, next thing, and I had just dropped like. 60 70 pounds and like 
holy shit, game over, right? So the next thing you know, so then it's like, then I need this big watch and I need this. And then it just, it just started. I just went, kept going and going and going and going. And then it just never stopped, never stopped. And it was just like nice things. And it just, so she legit started it and she can't nobody deny that. To, so nobody blamed yeah. Herself. And then it just kind of just went on and on and on and on. And then, you know, and then as, as you know, and then as, see, I'm a bit of a spender too, but more it's money more of in it. because I want nice things, mm-hmm. not, because, you know, for years and years, I drove crap. Yeah. You always know, spend hours fixing my crap. Yeah. And then now that I can afford it, yeah. I want to not have to fix my crap. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and that's the same thing, too. I mean, I was the same way. I mean, I but you still you know, buy GMC and Chevy. Oh. <laughs> boop, boop, boop. This is the Dodge. Citizen. But, but this is the thing, though, right? And, and it, there's a I wasn't driving it. <laughs> there's a, I mean, you both have shitty taste in vehicles. But the other thing is, though, it was, um, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> we could go forever. Um, but, you know, but the other side of it was this too. It's, it, and you're right, because I was the same way. It was like always, I remember like 30 below all the time, like trying to boost the vehicles and trying to, you know, I mean, it was always just the mess and the fighting. And, uh, you know, you're just, it's always just something's wrong with them, right? You're always, you know, like there's always something wrong. Yeah. And, you know, and yeah, there's something to be said about just, you know, hitting that button and always knowing it's starting. And when it doesn't start, you push a button and somebody comes and fixes it. Like, you know, yeah. and, you know, I, I think in time you just, you, you, when you work hard, I mean, and this is how I look at it, right? Like, you know, we work very hard and we go, you know, we work hard. We, I mean, okay, we don't work hard. We work a lot, you know, or you know what I'm saying, right? Put in the hours. Yeah, we put in the hours and, and you know, we, 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 we put the effort in and, and we, we get shit done, right? So, you know, we're not out shoveling coal. We're not out freaking you know, like, you know, physically labor, but you know, when in terms, you know, that emotional shit, it builds up on you. And, and we go, you know, is as hard as anyone in the business goes, we go. And so I look at, and this is the thing we're talking today a little bit too, about like, we're talking about the, the differences in, um, you know, hotels and stuff. And we're joking around with Hannah and it's like, you know, Janine will take the $49 hotel room and I'll take the $600 hotel room. So they will go to the you know, to a hockey game and it's like the hockey game ends at midnight and it's like I take the $1,500 suite and she's like, Dallas, we're going to be here for four hours and then we're leaving. And it's like, I don't care. Like, you know, but, it, you know, and it was funny because we're talking, you know, and Momir, you know, told her literally, our, you know, the president of Rex Air told her, I was like, Jalen, like you don't fly unless you fly first class. Like, you know, and, and it's just because it's, it's sometimes it's just the mentality is just like, you know, you work really hard at this type of a business and, and, it, you know, mentally, it's a lot to to get through the highs and the lows because like you know like we teach all the time i mean i have a we have a podcast there's there's it, it's it's a billion dollar industry self-development and all these things because it, it's hard it's hard to stay that course and to get through it because 90 percent of the world wants needs a schedule and needs people to tell them what to do and only two percent of the population can do this right so when you're one of the two percent of the population who can do it and you you get through it and you work hard and you do it. It's like I, I my belief in it is like you know what we work hard. This is if we don't work hard to do shit, you know, like this, then it's like then what then what do you work hard for? Yeah. Like what's the point of it then? You know. And so for me, it's like you know I'm a bit of a brand whore. I mean, you look on this table, you know, and everything is the exact same. You know, I mean, it's all road equipment, everything through. It's all the same stuff, right? No I mean, Yeti stickers. You know, I mean, but yeah, but when you look at my coolers, they're all the same. You know, what I mean, it's just like they're all Yetis, and it's like yes, I can buy the cooler that's a hundred dollar cheaper, or you know, per cooler, but it's like it's not the same. You know, I mean, I use man tools, not like my buddy Jason, right? He uses all those red, you know, freaking. 
Milwaukee's. Yeah, those oh, freaking. He makes good choices. No, he's got those freaking little like kid kindergarten freaking toys. So you know, I got the yellow stuff, which is the good stuff. But it's like you know, so but this is the thing, right? It's like you know, it's like even you know, building these stuff, you know, building these desks and building these things. You know how much life e- is? You know how much easier life is when you have the proper twenty five thousand dollars in tools that you can build this stuff. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like. So like, can it be, I don't know. It's just like, so it's like you work hard, you play hard, you have the things to get the shit done properly. And you know what, honestly, I feel good about it. It makes me happy having these things and, and being able to do things quickly and efficiently and having this kind of stuff, right? Like Jillian bugs me all the time. It's like, it's like, why do you need four smokers? I don't know, because I like the fact that if I, you know, if I'm at the lake and I'm at the office, I don't have to drag the smoker from the lake to the, I don't know, who gives a shit? It's like, I have four smokers, like fine. Like, you know, but it's like, it's Go like, sell another rainbow. Whatever. You see what I'm saying? Exactly. So it's like, yes, I, I, you know, and I mean, now I, and I do admit that it's like, okay. I, and then, you know, over the last little while too, it, it has been a lot of like, okay, reel it back a bit and, you know, find that common ground of like, okay, I need to do I need that. Definitely need to like make some, you know, thing. I mean, there was a time where, you know, I mean, I was spending like a lot more, you know, buying boats and buying and say, like, okay, I need to reel it in a little bit, you know? But, you know, I mean, when we sat down and, you know, Danny Johnson teaches us about like going through the fat in your budget and stuff. And like, I'm sitting down there and I'm going like, <clears throat> you know, I'm sitting down and I'm finding fifteen to $20,000 a month in fat. Like that's just waste. That's just money we're just pissing away on stupid shit that I'm just myself mm-hmm. pissing away on. And I'm like, okay, this is a little stupid, right? Like that's just, you know, so there's a difference between like buying something that's like nice that I want and need are going to use versus just completely pissing money away right so you know so i got a little better with like trying to you know really that back in and stuff but at the end of the day it's like you know i look at you know working hard and, and wanting to enjoy that to an extent but it's finding that common ground of okay this is something so i i do try to be more conscious nowadays of okay i i try to think of something like a like a purchase and i try to you know steal on it for a few days to make sure it's something I do want. And you'd be surprised, honestly, how many times that I actually don't pull the trigger. So you just don't go into Bass Pro Shop and you're fine? Yeah. 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 So like what we were talking about earlier, WWJD, what would Jaylene do? Yeah. Yeah. I can't... She wouldn't spend money on that. WWJD. Yeah. Yeah. If if I lived my life by WWJD... What would Jaylene do? Mm. It would be a lot different, but... That's funny. <laughs> but there was... Um, Eric would never eat. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the kind of stuff that... Um, what would you like to when you, <clears throat> It's a thing, though, but when you look at... Um, <laughs> it sounds like a website, WWD. <laughs> when you look back, did you ever see that post I put into the wealth group there? Yeah. And, and this is honestly, like, this is what happens to... Um, you know, this is what happens basically when... Um, you know, when I go into Bass Pro Shops, because it's a real thing. Like, I used to go in there, and it, it was just stupid. I mean, like, I went for milk one time and came back with, like, a like a ping-pong table. Like, it was just... But you it's, came back. That's the I, point. I did. You came back. I did. So this was a post. Um, this is October of 2022, and Jaylene has this, um, this Revival Wealth group, and <clears throat> this is my post. It says, days like this are hard for me. Hard to fight the voices in my head the never-ending battles between right and wrong, all the confusion and temptation. How can some things be so wrong yet seem so right? How does one cope? I need help. I find myself in a place I haven't been in quite some time. 
and I feel like I'm losing control. I need help, prayers, answers, more prayers. So God, please be with me today in Bass Pro Shops. Please help me to understand that a hummingbird helix 7G3 sees fish just as good as the Solix Chirp Mega DI G2. <laughs> and the extra two grand doesn't mean that you have to have it just because it's better. Help me, Lord, to understand that my Tracker Camo 600 Quad will get me to the destination just as quickly as a Tracker 800 SX crew, and that the extra 20K can go into my bank account. God, please make me understand that although the Tracker 2023 Pro Guide V175WT has just as many bells and whistles as my Miracraft and can catch just as many fish, help me to realize that I do not, under any circumstances, need a Nitro Z V21, and though 125 grand can go into a better place, and although a Sun Tracker pontoon would be great, we already have three boats, and four would just be silly, right? Or no? I don't know. Seven prayer signs. Lord, guide me through the never-ending selection of rods and reels, boat accessories, fishing supplies, camping gear, and all the countless outdoor cooking items, and give me the strength to push through without pulling out my wallet. Help me to recognize Jalen Kaczynski's face if I come home with yet another boat. In this great time of need, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I feel like this is on the back of your funeral card. <laughs> <laughs> in loving memory of Dallas Ramey. That'll be the prayer when it's all over at the end. Oh, man. In loving memory of Dallas Ramey. But it's but it's legit. The it get, the struggle's real. It's just like, but these are the things, right? It's like so you can you can get through it. But you know, so these are some of the battles that uh, that legit you have to uh, you have to go through sometimes. But um, but no, but you know, it, it, the the reality of it is, there's definitely things that sometimes you know you don't need to go to extremes. And there was definitely a, a long point where I was going through extremes and. You know, there was a big point where there was a lot of money coming in and just as much going on. And, you know, you heard Danny Johnson, I mean, through a lot of our training that we went through with her talking about how just so much going in and just at the end of the day, just none of it's left. It was gone. And I mean, and it was, you know, to that point, I mean, not quite to that. I mean, obviously not to the extent, but it was just like when you really look back and, you know, I see what Jaylene's saving. And at the end of the day, we're just, you know, I mean, you know, and she always sold a little bit more, but it was just like, you know, I need to step it up to that extent too, right? So it was just more of like, you know, just cutting back the fat and the waste, but also, um, you know, toning it back a little bit kind of thing. And, you know, the other side of it too is like, you look at the thing too, and it was, you know, there was good points of like, okay, we have four boats, but it's like, how often do we really get out there and use them? Do you know how awesome a pontoon boat would be though? See, and then there's this summer. Then there's things like this. Like, can you imagine, Eric? Then I have, all then the I have friends boat? like you. But what's actually crazy, though, is $20,000 a month is $240,000 a year. Mm. It's a lot. When it like, adds up. That's like, a, but that's, the one-time purchase of that <laughs> pontoon, we're back to the pontoon boat. <laughs> Perhaps they bring us back around, right? No, if you're yeah. talking about a Mustang, I'd be totally on board. But a yeah. pontoon boat, me, I don't care. <laughs> Eric's like, I like fast boats. Yeah. 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 So you know, and Brett are old. We like the slow yeah. coasting. Let's have a. I'm thinking let's drink. Let's have let's, a bumboo on the boat. But, no, yeah, but that exactly. is like that actually is crazy though. It's, it's two hundred and forty thousand dollars a year. That is more than the average Canadian makes in two years. I was blowing a quarter million a year just in stupid shit. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking like, like just dumb. So in four years, that's shit. a million dollars in yeah. your savings. Just upgrades on hotel rooms, upgrades on flights. That's like, crazy. Skip the dishes, food, just dumb, stupid, like just. 
just wasteful luxuries you, you enjoyed at the moment but yeah was it necessary? yeah yeah and that's not even just like that's just just stupid you know what i mean so that's where it's just like okay you know that's just a wasteful dumb shit like that's like going to this like those stupid steakhouse i mean you know we went out to like the steakhouse, the steakhouse at one time in banff time. i mean 2500 dollars bill or whatever the hell that was oh. a two thousand dollar bill like you know we that one was kind of by that, accident it was a but... bit of a mistake because like we thought we were ordering like the lower level dom Perignon, but we I think they kind of hooked us in there, but we got the mid-grade shit. So I think it was, what, it was 1500 bucks a bottle or something like that? 750 Or, or 750 a bottle. But yeah. We had two bottles, so it was yeah. 1500 So, yeah. yeah. Well, you was, know, even you know, even with that, when you talk about, okay, so on my dream board, I have an Indian motorcycle, mm-hmm. okay? That's my dream bike. Yeah. But when I bought a new bike last year, it wasn't a new bike, but it was a level up higher than what I had, which I, you know, I didn't need per se. Yeah. But for reasons of comfort and wanting to do things, I upgraded to something that was better, but it wasn't what I wanted in the end, but I still saved money by, so, you know, instead of spending 35, $40,000 on this bike, I spent, I'll tell you, I spent only as much as my wife knows about. Right. Yeah. But I guarantee all i heard was there's going to be one in the garage yeah you, you didn't hear anything else before <laughs> or after that <laughs> that is literally actually what we heard all of that. but these are the things right so you know you you look at these things too i mean and, and this is where you know and i mean as much as we pick on her you know and i mean you know this is the thing that's truly amazing about it. i mean Look where we are right now, mm-hmm. you know, and it's Dallas like, yeah, but you know, we're, we're, I mean, in Jaylene's garage, we're in a, I mean, we're, we're hanging out in a freaking garage. That's, you know, I mean, we're, I mean, and again, when you look at like, guys, we're in a free garage with barely any heat. <laughs> No, bamboo. Yeah. It so it's like when you look at where, you know, I mean, we had Rex Air executives roll through this office and I mean, three of them said it's literally the nicest rainbow office they have ever seen. And they've been to all of them, you know, and it's like, so when you look at the things where it's like, you know, is is funny because it's like, and this is what we've always kind of said about, you know, Jay a little bit too and bugged her a bit, but it was just like, you know, it, it actually really you know, like it did it. And I told her, like, I kind of, I mean, in some weird way, I kind of was expecting her to like really cheap out on this, you know, on this building and the office space. Really? No, I never, I kind of, I kind of did it. And she almost kind of thought she was going to in certain ways too, like not in some ways, but like it was even like, even this garage, like it was just like, this shocked me. The quote, and she's just like, yeah, let's do it. I mean, but she went all out. Like, I mean, even when she completely changed the kitchen, like she paid for a kitchen, completely changed the kitchen, paid for another kitchen. Like, it was just like, there's so many. I think, I think the, the that massive island, like, I think it's still sitting outside. The, there's another one. Like, like it's just crazy. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, the, I think it's outside the corner here. So, like, I'm but surprised she, there's no walkway from the garage to the building. Shut that's up. That's what I'm surprised it's by. It's coming. But but the thing is, like, you know, like, you know what one of those pieces of shiplap costs? More than a like, lot of people like, would make in a Like month. one board. Like, you know what I mean? And it's like, let alone with the whole, every wall, every, like, it's just, so, like, she's, like, so much money, you know? And it's, it's, 
it's the I mean it's, it I I I can't imagine it not being the most expensive like square foot for square foot without a doubt the most expensive building in this town like for sure you know and it's like you know she put the most quality just the best stuff into it so it's like you know she spent that but this is like her statement on her career and her business and her you know her statement on you know all the naysayers and everything and just you know bang so but you it know, doesn't feel like you don't belong there like yeah. that you're not good enough to be in this space 100 yeah about it, right yeah like it's it's there's a lot of money spent but you don't feel like oh this is way too high class for me you're right it's so comfortable at home yeah. it's, it's like it's high class like but like yeah homey right yeah. and that's where i think just that like that that i mean when you go to when you go to like my office, it's got like that old school country kind of look now that we remodeled it kind of thing. But this is like an elegant comfort. You know what I mean? It's just like, it, it's, it, it's just amazing, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, but I mean, this is a, you know, 700, this is a three quarter million dollar project in a small rural Alberta town. You know, you build this in Calgary, Vancouver. I mean, you're millions. Even you know, it, yeah, it gets crazy. So, you know, so when you look at it, it's the same kind of thing on different levels. It's like, you know, this is her statement of, you know, for me, it's the, it's the boats and the barbecues and the stuff like that. And for her, it's this, you know, and in different ways and, you know, her lake house, I mean, beautiful property. So, you know, she spent her money too. And, 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 you know, things like that. And now, I mean, obviously the things she's done with, you know, buying Skylar that, you know, more be in the bank for Skylar and her house and these things too. I mean, she's, you know, she's, she's really putting a lot out there too and stuff. And I mean, it's, you know, it's nice to see. But those are investments too. Um, it's, absolutely. It's not like right. it's just a, she's doing it smarter. <laughs> $240,000 out yeah. in yeah. a year. Like yeah. it's an investment. She's going to make her money in her That's 240 right. a year and I'm freaking, yeah. Yeah. You're still where you're at. Yeah. But you know, but these are the things, right? So it's like, it's, it's, I don't know. It's just the, the biggest, I think message for everybody is I, I guess it's just, you know, I really wish that people just kind of went harder for, yeah, those are ice cubes. I guess people, I wish people just went harder (laughs) for the opportunity. I wish people went harder for the opportunity, you know? And I guess if people can't look at, you know, what we've, you know, if you can't look at what Jaylene's built, you know, you know, what, what I built, what we've done, you know, what we've kind of shown, I don't know, you know, it just, sometimes we look at it at the end of the day and just think like, you know, almost just kind of flabbergasted that, you know, that people aren't just more driven towards it or pushed towards it right because it's just that's really what it is for us it's just like this is our proof of like guys this is it this works and we want this and more for every one of you guys right you know but it's just like that's the that's the thing i mean it's here and it's here for everybody who wants it i mean you're also coming from like you know i guess coming out of that dealer stage now is it's the same mindset that goes through for probably a lot of new people. It's the, you know, this isn't for me kind of thing, right? Yeah. It's like, you know, I wasn't like success doesn't happen to everybody, right? Even when I'm talking with my my stepdad, he's like, you know, Dallas and Jay, like it's awesome what they have, but he's like, they're one in a million. 
You know what I mean? Because it's like it's so hard to truly believe that could happen to you, right? You know what's stupid? But you know what actually opened up my eyes before you say that really quickly is the ADs. Because mm-hmm. I went with Javana on demos. I went with Mike on demos. I trained Aaron and JD with you. Yeah. So and it was just like that kind of stuff. Mel and Dan, you know, I was with them on demos. and that, Well, I guess not with them, but like, you know, yeah. seeing them on demos and building that kind of team. And it's just like, and now they're at that level. Yeah. And they're making that money. You know what's really stupid? Driving <clears throat> a fork. Sorry. I just was there. You know what's really stupid? <laughs> Go again. Take three. <laughs> you know what's really stupid? What? what? <laughs> That we don't have skip out to this garage. I agree. You invited Beer Rad to this. If you two can fucking hold it together, this is good. <laughs> you know what's really stupid though about that? Honestly, mm. like you think about this, is, and this is actually funny because if you look at like if you take a business where nobody's succeeding, mm-hmm. what does everybody say? It's like, oh shit, nobody's doing it. No one's blah blah blah. Can't but, be done. But then in that business where some people start to succeed in it, what does everybody say? Oh yeah, just they're just lucky. It's just a, you know you know what I'm saying. It's it's like it's almost just like it's the mindset of people, right? It's just like it's like people just don't want to believe it no matter what. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's just like and that's where that mindset is just so crazy because it's just it's truly. But when you really come down to it, it's like what we said earlier. It really just honestly just comes down to the fact that there is a recipe for it. But it also makes people feel good about themselves after because they don't have to worry about that if they're like, if they know it's out there and they're not doing it, they feel bad about it. But if they know it's not out there and they can't do it, then they don't feel as bad about missing out on that opportunity. Right. And that's what really, really comes down to. Yeah. Is what you said is that you never wanted to leave count or you never wanted to leave Alberta. Yeah, well, you start to tell yourself the thing. But that's what people do with yeah. just like in general right. and just everything. You're right. Right. And like yeah. that's the crazy thing is, is like you didn't want to leave Alberta. Yeah. And you were telling yourself you didn't want to Dude, leave Alberta. Like, I got everything I want right Why here. would I want to leave Alberta? Like I'm right? living in Camrose, Alberta going yeah. like, I got everything I want right and here. That's everybody that works a job. It's like, why would I want to be a millionaire and have that stress? Well, you know, and they say things too. I mean, this is what, you know, <clears throat> this is what Jaylene's heard. This is what Jovanna had heard. You know, it's just like, oh yeah, like, wow. I mean, like, look what you had to, you, you know, I'm a good mom. Exactly. Like, I wouldn't want, like, you know how, I mean... I was going to say, coming from Skylar, like, one of Skylar's yeah, best friends, yeah. she's lived a pretty good freaking life, and, and she's pretty grateful how for much, everything. I mean, you, you live this. How many things has Jaylene... I mean, how many sporting events? I mean, and all three kids in crazy amounts of levels of sports, they do everything. Yeah. How much has she missed? Like, Not very much. You look at how... I mean, when you compare her to every other parent, I mean, she's there at everything. Yeah. Right? And if she doesn't but, go, it's her choice. Yeah, but this is the thing, right? So it's like... It's like, but again, this is the negative mentality of people, mm-hmm. right? Is so you take a you take you know a mom in Rainbow or a mom in a business opportunity like that, and a mom who has you know whether it's a stay at home mom or a typical nine to five, it's like the mom with the opportunity can go to more shit and actually you spend more quality time with their kids at their own level, but it's lived like it's legit the mom who can't. But again, it's them making that excuse about it, and it's, you know instead of owning it. 
they, they're going to like pretend that the successful mom is the bad mom. You know what never, ever, ever, ever made sense to me? And I still, I don't know if I'll ever get this, but it's, I don't have kids, obviously, but how somehow it's more logically makes sense to work eight hours a day than working four. Mm-hmm. Even if you count drive time into a demo. And they're saying like, well, I can't because I have kids. But it's just like, you have to work a job and you have to work more hours. Yeah. That's just, I just never, I've just never understood how that, like, like obviously you guys have kids. Like, like have you guys ever, that even cry? I know you guys are obviously, you know, way more positive, but it's like, have you guys ever had that? But it's the programming at different levels. And this is what I even told you, you know, the other day, right? I mean, it's just like, you know, you asked me about your kid, about your friends, right? Well, I know that, but you I'm know? just saying, but yeah, like, I mean, it's just, it's, it's programming and it, everything is, right? But how does that logically yeah. even make sense? Yeah. But like, I, me and Skylar talked about that. They're like, we're like, well, how do people have mom guilt leaving for less time, making more money than they do working all day? But it's not, but again, it's, it's the program. It's the program. Yeah. In school program. Absolutely. This is what all you the way were through. Taught. Right from early kindergarten, yeah, all the way through, and then and then it's like and then it's when when you don't have the, I mean like the well I guess girls don't have the chestnuts to like go through with it like you don't have the you don't girls have, don't have what the it, chestnuts yeah the chestnuts I was gonna say nuts then they don't necessarily have chestnuts so yeah, it's like yeah okay. so like when but, but when they don't like we don't have what it takes when you're not strong enough to do it so you see a woman like Joe Vanny, you see a woman like Jalen you see some of these powerhouse moms you know and and who have just like who have struggled to go through it. And there's so many more of them. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But it's like when you see, and we just recorded Jovanna's story last night and it's coming out, um, you know, soon. And I mean, damn, like just reliving th- those moments of, of what she went through and everything with Brandon. I like just, good God, you know, of, of what she went through to get there. But it's just like when you go through, when you see what, some of these moms had to go through, you know, to, um, you know, to, to make it, it's, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Right. But it's like, but then when like, not everybody has that. So Giovanna who went through hell literally almost to, 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 to pull herself through. And I mean, she, she fought against her husband. She fought against her mother. She fought against her family. She fought against her friends. She fought against everything. Mm-hmm except for her rainbow family to get through this. And then, you know, she crawled through her shit to come out clean on the other side and then brought her family with her and her friend, you know what I mean? And then, oh, okay. Like now that you did that, oh, okay. Yeah, we're here. Yay. Good for you. Like, you know, and it was like, it was a good thing she did it, but it's like, not everyone's that tough. But then the people who watched her do that and went, oh shit, man, I ain't doing that. And I mean, and no one else has to do that hard. I mean, she had it a lot harder than most people have to do it. But when they're not tough enough to do it, and this is where people are such assholes, instead of being like, you know what, I'm just not as strong as you are, right? They get jealous. Mm -hmm. And your ego gets in the way and all your bullshit gets in the way. So instead of just admitting that you're not a tenth of the woman that that person is, you start to start to beat that person down Mm-hmm. and start to make that person, oh, yeah, well, you did that because you're, oh, yeah, I would never leave my daughter. Oh, I would never do that. Or you're a bad wife. You're a bad mom. You're a bad this. You're a bad that. I would, and you start to make yourself seem like you're the one who's got the morals. You're the one who's got the this and they got the that. No, you're the one who's weak. Mm-hmm. You're the one who's pathetic. You're the one who's full of excuses. And you're the one who's going to stay broke and stay, you know, miserable for your whole entire life. And, you know, on Facebook, I mean, let's be real. On Facebook, 
oh yeah, the selfies and the filters and all the bullshit in life, you might pretend like you have the great life, but deep down inside, let's face it, you're miserable, you're broke, you're stressed out, you're crying every night and your life sucks. When you face that mirror. Right? But you don't have what it takes to get through it. But it's like someone, that person, that person who went through it also tried to help you go through it with them. And instead of like embracing that with them and thanking that person, you shit on that person mm -hmm. and tried to make that person look like an idiot. And that's, that's what you tried to do to the person who tried to help you through it. And that's just, you know, people and how people are and how big of assholes people can be. And I also, I, I really truly, I mean, obviously understand this more now, but it's just like, I really truly believe that like everybody can do this mm. like you said like there's like if everybody wanted to they can and i think the biggest most crucial part now coming into this and seeing this into like a bigger spectrum is you know as you guys talk about so much is finding your reason why right and i don't think people really will ever figure out how powerful that is until they go through the low to find the reason why mm -hmm. right like i think i truly believe if everybody had a strong reason why like Javanna did they could go through what she went through mm -hmm. but if you do not have that reason why then of course you're not gonna be able to make it through that stuff that's why i left yeah it's the but, real like, it's, it's the not truth so much not having the reason it's not knowing what your why is that's what i'm saying yeah. it's like it's not knowing what your why like because like what really hit me on and we actually haven't even talked about this or maybe we did i can't remember but like on one of the war rooms before this was now on podcast was to the point where Dallas said, you know, he's like, you don't go to work for money. And in my head, I was like, you dumbass. Yes, I do. And he was like, and I, he didn't hear my thoughts, but I was yeah. like in my head and I was like, yeah, I do. And he was like, and he said it like you said it to everybody and you just said, and I'll never forget this. I was like getting ready to come to the office and he was like, when you go to work and you get there. He's like, are you thinking about how much money you're making? I was like, well, no. And then he's like, if you call in sick for work, he's like, are you thinking about how much money you did not make that day? You're like, no, you're worried about your boss finding out you're not actually sick. You just didn't want to go to work. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, holy shit. It's mm -hmm. not for the money. It's really not. And it's like, when you realize that, and you realize that you actually go to work just because you're told to, yeah. and then you have an opportunity now where you have to find your the reason. The root cause that's is the money. Reason, and that's the thing. Like, But yeah, the day-to-day -day stuff isn't. Because if that's the thing, right, is because if people work for money in Rainbow, everybody would be doing over 24 hours a month, mm -hmm. every single month, right? Well, it's like I said, and, I mean, in, in the job industry, I mean, you look at the billion-dollar industry of, of, you know, human resources and, yeah. and labor relations and all that stuff, that wouldn't exist if people went to work for money. And I came from sales where I already understood that the more you sell the more money you made but the difference was is you know is again is really finding that reason why you want to do what you do yeah. right and obviously it's never money yeah. if anybody thinks a reason is money it's not because there's not there's no you can't have a reason why for money because if it's money then you'd be already successful yeah. right because I know yours is not money and I definitely know yours is not money I know Jalen's is not money either right and we know every single Javanna's Mike, like everybody, right? Well, everybody that's and successful it's interesting is because not you money. can have lots of money and your For sure. is not money. Of course. You know? But it's almost like you, it's almost like you have money because your why is not money. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, in, in a lot of ways, right? And I mean, you know, Jalen's I mean very good with money. She's very frugal with money. She manages her money better than any I, I'm convinced she manages her money just as good 
as anybody on the planet. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think you can manage a dollar any better. Like, honestly, I mean, you know, obviously lots of people manage it probably as good, but I don't think you can manage money any better than, than what she manages. She could manage you know? her money a little better. Oh, for sure. I'm sure she, <laughs> and she would love to, you know, but I mean, in terms of, I mean, she could obviously do investments more and learn more about that. Yeah. But I mean, in terms of like knowing where every cent is, like, I mean, mm-hmm. you can't do it any better, mm-hmm. you know? So she, she owns it there. But I mean, you know, but I mean, that doesn't mean that, you know, she, she doesn't, I mean, and, and everything, you know, I mean, I guess to a point when you first start this, I mean, every, every reason you do it is, I mean, you start, you, we get into this for money. Mm-hmm. You have for to, sure. hundred percent. you know, if it was, like I said, if it was a nonprofit, we, none of us would be here, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, but once you get to that point where you've made enough to live for the rest of your life on comfortably, it stops becoming about money. So it changes, but she still manages her money perfectly every day and still goes through all that stuff. And it's still, you know, she still enjoys but I don't even think it's like that a bank new... row, but it's just, it's the fact of like when you do everything correctly and I mean, the money's like the extra perk and the extra thing, but then it's, but it also starts to change to the things that you can now do with that money. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like, you know, it's, it's like buying Skylar the house and now being able to, you know, help her daughter out and, and be that bank. And I mean, she's still making her daughter work for it. I mean, Skylar is sure. still paying, you know, interest and still going through the whole thing, but it's like now being able to, you know, do different things with that money and helping with charities and just doing, you know, there's just so much different things you can do with it. But, you know, it's just once you, you know, you manage everything correctly and you start doing it, but when you, you know, it is just teaching more people. I mean, Jillian learns so much more about, money all the time and and you know i mean she was sitting here talking the other day about how you know she's now at the point where she's making more than enough off of interest every month to live an extremely comfortable life just off of the interest off of her money you know and but now being able to teach people how to even get to that point to do that and you know and that's her goals for you know for all you know her distributors as well and to get to that point right so you know it's just it's just powerful that you know it becomes now it's it's not so much about her goals now aren't for her money but her goals now are to get her distributors to that level to get them financially free and to teach them those skills you know and then from that point it's just more and more people leveling up to that point. You and know? everybody loves money, but it's, of course. it's just finding actually exactly. you know, the, the reason what yeah. gets you up in the morning to keep going. Because yeah. even honestly, like even as a dealer after your first few months, I guarantee you the money doesn't motivate you anymore. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Maybe the first few, for sure, right? Yeah. But after you get it a few times, if you have yeah. that where it's just that, you're, it's, well, that's and, where and you and it depends the fell. It depends the person, like the type of person you are too, right? I mean, there's different... I think levels of that at different levels. For sure. Things, I mean, right? I, I, I love know. money. Trust yeah, me. For I sure. love it. But, but I guess it, it, it depends on things. I mean, some people, you know, some people, I, you know, it's not a, I don't know, it, it's a dangerous thing to you, but there's some people that have to make X amount of dollars every month. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Some people go, they finance themselves pretty heavily in things and they have to make the money. But, you know, there's different levels of, of people too. And I mean, you know, there's like a guy like Mikey, like Mike always you know, had big goals and he always kept himself fairly, you know, motivated and out there. And Andrea was very good with money and same kind of thing, like budgeted very well. And they were very frugal and, you know, and I mean, she kept, you know, when he was down, she was up and he was up, she was down. I mean, they, they, she, she pushed him out there and, you know, he always stayed fairly, you know, fairly, 
you know, um, consistent yeah. even mm -hmm. all the way through. I mean, it was even Steven all the way through, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, and they were always able to save. And, you know, his goal was, you know, say, he loved saving the savings account. He was a lot like Jillian in that way too. He liked saving the savings accounts and, and going and, you know, and, and kind of building up and stuff like that too, right? Um, so, you know, so I mean, that kind of pushed them to, to kind of keep going. He was also the guy that, you know, wanted to see the, um, you know, he liked seeing the, um, you know, the, the savings account grow. And that was his motivation to kind of keep, keep going out there every month kind of thing. He had that mentality of, you know, of, of, of expanding. It wasn't like, okay, we made 10 grand, let's take, you know, a month off. It was like, okay, let's keep pushing, you know? Um, but some people, you know, like you said, it's, it's, you know, some people, the dangerous part is, you know, getting comfortable with that money and not having it drive them to, to go. It's dangerous when you, are just making enough and you're okay. You know, being okay is dangerous. Like it really sucks being okay because when your bills are paid and you're just doing all right, you know, you're not living to your potential and you're not hitting the you're things floating. you want to hit, but you're also not struggling. So, you know, sometimes that struggle is really what pushes you to keep going. Right. So that's where you get into that really big comfort zone a lot of the times too. Right. And that can get, you know, really dangerous as well. So it just depends on, where you're going, right? But I mean, you guys ought to be seeing, you know, I mean, now hitting into that 50 range, I mean, you guys gotta be noticing a difference and it's gonna start really, you know, you start hitting a few months of that, you're gonna start seeing a big, yeah. a big change, right? So- I think more once we hit it a second- Oh month, yeah, you gotta go a few times to, yeah. to make it start to count. Cause I mean, now you're, you're buying inventory, you're, there's a lot of things happening, right? Yeah. You start doing that consistently and, you know, things start to really, you know, really change. I mean, you start hitting the 75 and, you know, I mean, you know, like I said, I mean, even, you know, Giovanna, I mean, a couple months of hitting those numbers. I mean, shit, she had a hundred grand in the bank pretty quick, you know? So, I mean, it's, it's sweet when you, you get up there and you, and you keep staying there. I mean, it's, it's a good place to be. Right. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So our best month in business, we're pretty excited about that. Yeah, exactly. No. So, I mean, that's, that's super awesome. So, so no, so, I mean, that's the thing guys, I mean, that's just, you know, what you, what you want to do. You want to stay out there and kind of, you know, keep it rocking and rolling and, and, uh, you know, keep it going. So, I mean, the financial part of it is, uh, is good as well. So you good over there. That was Alicia. Oh, someone's. That's not me. That's Alicia. We're all good there. So, so yeah, no, you want to just definitely, uh, you know, keep it, keep it rolling and, you know, definitely, I mean, doing what you got to do to keep the money. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of what we, uh, got for tonight, guys. That's, uh, definitely, uh, been a, a long fun topic and we love doing these definitely that, uh, we love doing these episodes and that is another episode of war stories on Dell's war room.